you start by realizing that any consistent problem in your life is the solution for a problem you're not looking at. Okay. So the question isn't, why isn't this working? It's, why don't I want this to work? Right. And that's when you, you're going to start to go into a deeper space of, of what's really going on. And oftentimes just imagine, well, if it did work, what would happen then? And the first things that are going to come up is, oh, I have the money I want and I get to travel and I get to buy the things and all that's going to come up. But then I said, but what else? Right. What's going to change in your life? How are people going to treat you? How are people going to react? Right. What will you need to change that you don't want to change possibly? And then it all starts coming up. Hey, it's Chuck here, and I'm so glad that you're listening to this episode. And I just want to take this quick moment right now to let you know about our free collaborators toolkit. And this episode is all about partnership and collaboration. And our guests share many resources, tools, and things that you can use to make collaboration and partnership easier in your business. So if you're looking for better ways to grow and scale your business through collaborations and strategic partnerships, this free collaborators toolkit is going to contain the best resources from our workshops, as well as contributions from our guests. And these tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for, and they're going to help you to solve everyday business challenges and access highly effective ideas that can help and grow your business exponentially. I know they've helped me and I know they're going to help you as well. And the best part about these tools is that they're completely free and our gift to you for being a valued member of our community and a subscriber to the show. So you can get access to all of the resources contained inside the Collaborators Toolkit today by visiting the website at www.collaboratorsunite.com slash toolkit. That address again is www.collaboratorsunite.com slash toolkit. Go ahead and register today, get access to all the resources, and I'm going to see you on the inside. Now, here's the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Chuck Anderson here, and I'm so glad that you're here. This is a guest that you really, really want to pay attention to. And so we, I say that about all my guests, but but i am been really excited about this one for a while. And look, we're all busy entrepreneurs, busy business owners. Uh, we've got big ideas, big missions, big dreams, uh, world-changing ideas, and we're on a journey. And that journey uh, is not always easy and it causes us to go this way or that way. And sometimes we nail our goals and other times we find ourselves in a reality that isn't really what we were hoping for. And we need to shift and we need to uh, find a new way to uh, create our reality. And uh, my guest today is an expert in that. I have uh, Shiraz Babu with me today. Shiraz, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chuck. It's great to be here today. So Shiraz, uh, as a reality interventionist, right? Yeah. And this is why I was talking a little bit about reality, because the reality is, as business owners, sometimes it goes our way and sometimes it doesn't. So, um, you know, go ahead and like, let everyone know a little bit more about yourself. Um, we, that was the light introduction, but I'm sure you have a bigger story 
you know, who are you and, and what do you do and what is a reality interventionist? <laughs> Just like with, uh, with drug or alcohol, sometimes people need an intervention, right? You've got a problem. You're not, you're not seeing it. We have to make you aware of it. People have addictions to certain stories, certain realities in their lives, and they're completely unaware of it. So I come in and I say, well, look, this is what's going on for you. And it's sometimes it's hard to explain without seeing it. But as an example, I was just working with a, a client right before this call, and she's been having problems getting more clients. And as we were discussing it, I said, um, wait a sec, your schedule is like the thing. She goes, yeah, I'm very, very anal about my schedule. I'm like, okay. And I said, but you're not getting enough clients. And and she's like, yeah, I need to get more clients. I said, what happens when you get more clients in my schedule? Oh, well, you know, that's, that's I'm going to have to find out where to put them. And what happens if the calls go over it? And it's going to throw things off. And I'm like, but your schedule is the most important thing to you. She's like, yeah. So these clients are just going to mess up the most important thing to you. She's like, I haven't thought about it that way. And I said, what if you're not getting clients because you're protecting the schedule? And so you're just unconsciously making sure your schedule is safer than your business. And she just like, you just see the color drain from her face as she realized that's exactly what she was doing. And that was me doing the intervention. This is, you've got to make the schedule not important and your business important. <laughs> and it's, it's just an example of what we do, what we don't realize. It's like, it's right there. You even talk about it. You don't hear yourself talk about it. But it's it's in, in your life and someone needs to point out and say, this is what you're doing so that you can stop doing. One of the best introductions I've ever heard, Sharad, because you just demonstrated exactly what I think all business owners go through, uh, sometimes consciously, a lot of times unconsciously, where we don't even realize we're saying that. And even as you were mentioning that. I started to replay things in my mind that I say regularly. And I'm like, hmm, uh, right? Like, <laughs> is, is any of that creating part of the reality? And of course it is. But mm -hmm. it's amazing that when you dig deep into that, something simple as value, you know, valuing a calendar and a schedule being the reason you don't have all the clients that you want, because the clients would mess up the thing that you value most. That is an amazing thing to look at. And yeah, uh, thank you. The thing is, like, we do it all the time. We say these things and we don't realize we're saying it. And other people, if they're if they're unaware, they they'll miss it, too. And a lot of times there's cliches that we use and everyone says them. So you think that's just normal. That's what people say. That's just the way life is. There's no actual reality. Everyone lives in their own individual reality. And when you start to reprogram yourself and you're saying the things that create a wonderful reality, that reality comes into being. And it's, it's amazing to see it. And it's amazing to be a part of it. Like, I mean, my reality used to suck. Right? It just, it was not good. But through through a lot of the work I've done, things that I say are, there's always magic in my life. Everything just flows. The money's always there when I need it. And this really hit me in, in, a, in an interesting way a few weeks ago, because I was on the phone with my friend as I was running errands, grabbing groceries, picking up some stuff, coming coming back home. And about half an hour into the call, as I'm doing this stuff, she's just like, what the hell is with you? And I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, 
well, you've been narrating as we've been talking about what's going on. And I'm like, okay. And she goes, I don't think you realize just like exactly what you've been saying. Plus, I've been hearing the background. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? She goes, well, when you were driving, you you thank the green lights whenever you get them. And I heard you thank several green lights. I heard you thank when you made a left turn and there was no oncoming traffic. And you just like just flowed into and you thank the parking spot for being right in front of the grocery store. You you were saying thank you for the things that were on sale. Over 75% of the stuff you went to buy at the supermarket was on sale. What the hell? <laughs> and people were opening doors for you, even though they didn't need to. Everyone was being friendly to you. There was just this air of happiness. And and it just like I've to hear it to, to hear it happen in real time is freaking me out. <laughs> like that's what she said. <laughs> and and that's interesting too, because uh I it reminds me of times where you know you try to do that, like exactly what you're saying, like vocally you know, communicating what you expect and the gratitude for all of these things. And, you know, I think having gratitude for everything that's on sale, you live on a, in a reality where the stuff that you want is on sale. And that's amazing. And then you have people beside you sometimes that are like, they question what you're doing. And, and we don't want to look foolish and we don't want to look a certain way. And so sometimes we might hold back and alter what we're saying and what we're doing because of them. And so how does that shift the reality? Because I mean, so often we're influenced by the people we spend time with. Yeah. So two words for that. Stop it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is what's holding like over 90% of the world back is you're worried about what other people are going to think about you. Mm -hmm. And it's not just if you look like an idiot trying to accomplish something or if they think what you what you want it to create is a stupid idea, but it's, well, what if I do really well and they get jealous, right? Um, you know, what, what if uh, people hate me because of what I'm trying to do? And so there's all this, what will people think? What will people think? And you, you shrink every time you worry about some, what some other people do. You, you take smaller actions, you get more careful. And I, I heard a phrase one time, it's like most people, are living their lives trying to make it safely to death, right? And, <laughs> yeah. and that's because you're just being careful. I got to make sure everyone likes me. I got to make sure I don't do anything too outlandish. I got to make sure I stay safe. And that doesn't create a fantastic life. And the crazy thing is when you get that everyone is doing this, no one's thinking about you. They're too busy worrying what everyone's thinking about them. So don't worry. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, I mean, that's one of my what something one of my mentors really drove home to me is like, look, you think they're thinking about you, they're not they're thinking about themselves. And, you know, all of that, they're not they're not really thinking about what you're doing. And it was an amazing shift. Because at the time I had, I was just starting out out as a public speaker, I had enormous stage fright. And it was a big part of the, the shift was not worrying so much about how I look when I'm on stage, but rather, how am I affecting this audience? How am I transforming them? What am I giving to them? And it was amazing. Just that one shift in thought and the fear completely went away. Now it was more of service rather than looking good. Yeah. Right? And that's, that's the place you want to be. It's instead of what do I have to make sure it doesn't happen? What am I trying to make happen? Mm. And just that shift in thinking changes everything.
So, and when people start off, it is about what do I want to make happen? But then the subconscious voices start coming in. But what about this? But what about this? Are you sure this is going to work? Shouldn't we be worried about this? But the initial thought is usually one of, of creation, of, of contribution to the world. And you have to hold on to that thought. Yeah, amazing. Um, just coming back to that original story that you told, because I think it's just so such a good example of how something that seems like a little thing can actually be a big reason why we're not getting the results we want in our business. And I know for sure there's people in our audience that they're, they have big goals. There's big things they want to do. Uh, and they're, it's not always happening fast enough. Or there's things that they tried repeatedly, or maybe they've been on this path for a while and it just doesn't seem to be happening for them. And then, you know, something so simple like valuing, you know, your calendar more than valuing getting new clients. Um, how does one become aware of that? So if someone listening right now is going, okay, you know what? Yeah, it seems like I can't really get ahead. Like I, you know, I'm trying, I'm doing all of this work, but I, just not getting there, or maybe it feels like the same results over and over and over again. How do they become aware of maybe the things that they're doing or saying or thinking that are contributing to that reality? You start by realizing that any consistent problem in your life is the solution for a problem you're not looking at. Okay. So the question isn't, why isn't this working? It's why don't I want this to work? Right? And that's when you, you're going to start to go into a deeper space of, of what's really going on. And oftentimes just imagine, well, if it did work, what would happen then? And the first things that are going to come up is, oh, I have the money I want and I get to travel and I get to buy the things and all that's going to come up. But then I said, but what else? Right? What's going to change in your life? How are people going to treat you? How are people going to react? Right? What will you need to change that you don't want to change possibly? And then it all starts coming up, right? For us, uh, the big one with, with money and success, right? What happens if you make all that money? Very, very common thing that for people is, oh, people are going to start asking me for money. They're going to ask me to contribute to their charity or invest in their business. Or my family is going to say, well, can you take care of us? And, and there's going to be all these people ask me for money. And some of them are going to try and guilt them, guilt me. Sometimes I'm going to feel guilty for not giving money because because I don't want to because it's my money. Like all this stuff comes up and your subconscious looks for the simplest solution to any problem. And, and the big thing about your subconscious is it would rather have you avoid emotional distress over physical circumstances. Your subconscious doesn't give a crap about physical circumstances. It's all about emotional distress. So if you're worried you're going to be guilted into things or, or feel bad when you're interacting with people or even just get really, really frustrated of people coming up and asking you for money, then your subconscious says, well, if we don't make the money, we don't have to worry about any of that. And that affects your physical actions. That affects your business. And you're like, well, consciously, you're like, where's the money? I want the money. But your subconscious is like, I got your back, boy. You're safe. I got you. <laughs> That is amazing. Yeah, I never actually thought of it that way. But, you know, protecting ourselves from the emotional distress versus the physical pain. And yeah. that 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 makes so much sense. You know, it reminds me of a conversation I was having a client not that long ago about and she kept saying that she had a fear of failure. 
a fear of failure. And I said, well, what would it look like? So what would failing look like? It's like, well, you know, things aren't done and I can't handle it all. And I'm like, I'm like, um, well, if your fear of failing, why are things not done? It's like, to me, uh, like, and she goes, well, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. That's what it was. I'm a bit mm -hmm. of a perfectionist. I said, well, if you, if you were perfect, wouldn't it already be implemented? It sounds like this is not a fear of failure, but actually the opposite of fear of success. And so I, I'm interested in your take on fear of failure versus fear of success and how I think some people maybe even miscategorize that for themselves. So even for that, I would say it's, it's technically, once you get down to it, it's fear of neither. It's the fear of what emotions come up mm. when you get to either. Am I going to, the, the three biggest things your subconscious tries to avoid, guilt, shame, heartbreak. Those are the most impacted. There, there's other emotions that it's going to try and avoid, but those three are the biggest. And so if you are, if you say you're afraid of failure, you're actually afraid of the shame that comes with failure. If you're afraid of success, most people aren't afraid of success. They're afraid of the guilt when they have so much and other people don't have enough. Right. And so when it break, when you break it down to the emotions and like, what, what's the horrible emotions I'm avoiding? Everything else is just going to come to the surface. Right. I've had people that, um, you know, uh, we, we looked at their success. Why is it happening? And it turned out, Oh, my dad works so hard to support us and made so little but managed to keep the family fed and clothed and under a roof that if I make lots and lots of money easily, it's disrespectful to him. I'd feel shame just for what I'm doing to my dad. And the dad could have been dead 20 years, but that belief is still there and, and it's keeping them from making money. And it's not a thing of, you know, um, of fear really of what you're going to do. It's this compassion and love you've created for your father, and you don't want to switch that for shame by disrespecting her. So sometimes these fears come out of love and compassion, and you just don't want to change what the status quo is. And that's the big thing, because it's an addiction. You don't want to change the status quo. You want things to stay exactly the same, keep them repeating over and over and over. And so when you do change these things, you will go into withdrawal. And people don't realize that. You will go into physical withdrawal in your body, and that will get expressed in things happening around you to cause you to go into anxiety, into stress, into distress, so that you can back off and go back to where it's comfortable and the addiction lives. And it shows up in all sorts of different ways. And most people interpret that as, oh, something just went wrong, not, oh, I caused something to go wrong out of withdrawal to get me back into my addiction. Mm -hmm. So if it's an addiction, then and is that strong, and we're trying to manage all of that ourselves, it sounds like that might be part of the problem is that, you know, we're relying on our own strength and our own willpower, for the lack of a better word, to create a new reality. But at the same time, your subconscious doesn't want you to do that. And, yep. and you're addicted to how things are or these repeating patterns. You know, I've been through so many programs and, you know, things like where we have conversations about this, like the patterns that tend to repeat themselves over and over and over again. And it sounds like that's what you're talking about here. Yeah, it is. And you can see the addiction play out because this, this happens to like 90% of the people. You can let me know if it's ever happened to you. 
you go to a course or a program, a retreat, and you come out of it and everything's different and things are going really well, but it doesn't last. And you just like lose that momentum. You end up back where you started, even though you felt like when you came out of that course, everything's different now. This is great. Right? You didn't overcome the addiction. Right. Yeah. And that's true. I mean, there, I, I have had that exact feeling. I mean, I remember attending a 10 day retreat in California and coming home and saying those exact same things for that moment, everything felt different. And for a while it was different. And yeah. then slowly, and I remember describing to my coach at the time, it felt like I had a, a, a big elastic band or a rubber band attached to my back. And it's like, I was moving forward, doing all of these things. And then it reached that limit of where it could not stretch anymore. And then yeah. there was this snap back, yeah. right? Into the way things were before. And then, you know, the undoing of all of the new. And, uh, and so, uh, it sounds like that's really what is going to happen unless we do something about it. Yeah, there's there's two things that need to be done. So the first one is breaking down of the actual neurons in your brain holding the addiction in place. So if you think of, uh, have you ever played Jenga? Yes. <laughs> okay. So now think of a Jenga uh, tower where you've got blocks and then crossable blocks and cross blocks and so that whole thing is your tower of addiction, right? And it's made up of every inf incident where there's proof that this is just the way things are, right? And so when you start to break the addiction, when you go to one of those retreats or when you like work with me, what we're doing is we're pulling blocks out of the Jenga tower. Now, in the actual game, you're trying to pull the block out without making the tower fall. In this version, we're pulling out the blocks so that we can get the tower to fall except we never know which blocks we're pulling out. So it could be that during a, a particular time in, in a retreat or whatever, you pull out that one block and the whole thing falls, and then you're out of the addiction. But what happens more often is you pull out a bunch of blocks, enough to make your reality change, but you haven't toppled the tower. So basically, you've had a cluster of nerves in your head that tell you this is how I'm supposed to behave, and you've unraveled a few of those nerves, but the cluster is still there. So it's still controlling your behavior, but just not as much. The thing is, if you don't continue to do the work, you start to put the blocks back in and solidify the tower again. And that's what you felt. That was the rubber band coming up because those blocks all came in. And I found typically it takes around six months of continued work, removing the blocks and strengthening yourself before you're fully out of the addiction. And the cool thing is strengthening yourself, is it's like going to the gym. Right? You have mental muscles and you need to build those mental muscles. You need to exercise them. And I exercise mine every single day. And, and this is the way you have to think of it. Cause I've seen people that go to retreats and they go, I'm going to this a week long retreat. It's going to change my whole life. And I'm like, yeah, imagine going to the gym for one week and it's going to change your whole life. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, but if the exercises that I do and, uh, and I, and I, sh I share these, I have a downloadable that people can grab it. Um, you do them every day and some are two minutes long, some are five, some are 12, but it's just a matter of getting that exercise in each day. It's just like, if you did a 20 minute workout every day, it would have an effect on your body. Now I enable you to do a 20 minute workout every day, but you can do it in two minute segments throughout the day. So it doesn't take up your time and it's set up so that you can be sitting and just getting into this nice mental state, or you can do it while you're up for a walk. 
or you can do it while you're doing the dishes because it's just a matter of getting you focused on what you're doing and staying present and building those muscles there. Because in order to make substantial change in your life, you need to be able to focus on a thought, on your goal or whatever it is, for about 30 seconds minimum. And most people can focus on something for less than seven seconds. And the more and more you practice this and get this focus for more, more than 30 seconds, the more it starts to just happen in your unconscious mind, which means it could be going on all the time. And then it just becomes your reality. But you've got to keep doing the workout. Well, that makes so much sense. And I love what you said about that, that, oh, I'm going to go to this one week retreat and my whole life's going to be different. And uh, it's like, yeah, maybe for that week that it is. But yeah, it's it's like going to the gym. You got to keep doing it. You got to keep doing it. Keep doing it. And it doesn't have to take a long time. And I like I like that as well. And we'll definitely share, you know, where people can get that information. I know that that you have that uh, that available. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm thinking about right now, because the, I mean, the theme of our show is collaboration and partnerships. So it, it seems to me two things. Number one, I'm very interested in how collaboration and partnership plays a role in your business, but also how could that play a role in someone uh, setting themselves up where they don't have to be necessarily, uh, for the lack of a better word, victim to you know, that, that thinking or whatever, but set themselves up where they're more likely to succeed and less likely to snap back into you know, an unwanted reality. Uh, by collaborating or partnering with someone else or, you know, something else. And so I'm interested to hear what you have to say about that. So ideally, if you're, <laughs> so we, we want to look at it from both sides, but ideally you want to collaborate up because then you're working with someone that's more successful, someone that's had a track record. So you can do that. If you're going to collaborate down, make sure it's someone you really enjoy working with and it's not too far away from you. I, I made the mistake of collaborating with someone that was just too far below me. And while the collaboration itself worked out and it was profitable and, and, and people were happy, behind the scenes, it was just an utter mess. <laughs> and, and, and there was fighting and there was all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, got to learn how to do that. Uh, so, so look, for, look for people that you can give value to, but that can help you get to that place because they're already in that more successful spot and work with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think a mistake that so many people make, because we we work with a lot of people on collaborations and partnerships, and the mistake they make is that they they attract and collaborate with people who are just like them. Mm -hmm. And so they're strong in the same areas or similar areas and weak in similar areas. And and all you end up with is a kindred spirit who, <laughs> who believe, and, and it seems logical at the time, because it's like, I really like this person. Why do I like this person? Because they think just like me, <laughs> yeah. right? But, uh, you know, the best collaborations are ones that help me to do something I'm not currently doing or be something I'm not currently being. And... And yep. that's really helps to kind of stay in that in 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 that in in a lot of ways. I think of that as kind of a workout, right? And you know, partnerships and collaborations that challenge me to go against the the rubber band, right? Yeah, and so. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's so great when you get to, like if you got a situation where, um, let's say, you're doing an event, 
and you love to be in front of people and interacting and networking and stuff. And the other person's like, no, 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 no. I like to work on the back and the tech. I like to work with the numbers. And you're like, oh my God, we're a perfect batch, right? It's just because if we both wanted to be in front of the people, none of the back end stuff's going to get done, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, so much of this journey in business is, I mean, we're so focused on tactics and we're so focused on this strategy or that strategy. And I heard a quote once that really resonated with me, and that is that our business will only grow to the extent that we do. And yeah. and and so, I mean, really, this whole episode here has really been, it hasn't been about the business at all, because the business is really just something that is an extension of ourselves. It's something that we're creating. We're making all the decisions, but how are we making those decisions? Are we making those consciously? or subconsciously, and that's leading to a particular result. Yeah. And, you know, working with, with hundred, maybe even thousands at this, at this point each year, um, 95% of the issues I have, uh, I help people get over so that their businesses can grow, have nothing to do with their business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, it's crazy when you think about it, but it's, it, it's amazing because People will think it, it's systems and it's knowing how, how to scale and, and all that. And, and that stuff is important. But the crazy thing is, if you don't clear out the crap, that personal stuff, you don't even see an opportunity that's right in front of you. Mm -hmm. So I actually, I actually worked with a client and she was, she was looking to travel a lot more. And she's like, but traveling is going to cost. It's going to bring down my, my income because of all those expenses. There's, and how can we get through this? I'm like, but the fact that traveling is going to cost you a lot more is just a story. And she's like, no, you have to pay for flights. You have to pay for a hotel. Like, it's just a fact. And I'm like, if you realize all of reality is a story, there's ways you can make this work. There's things you're not seeing yet. And we finished up the session, got her mindset shifted. Two weeks later, she calls me and she says, I'm in a multi-million dollar mansion. Not only that, but there's an office space that I can use. Not only that, but I got free vehicles to get me from the mansion to the office space. And it's all free as part of my traveling. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's impressive. And it was just neat because now she's traveling and staying in a place that's multi-million dollar, like really luxury. And she'd never had that option before. And I found out like a year later that that option had always been in her world, but she had never perceived it before. Oh, but wow. after our conversation, she's like, oh, my God, like, I can I can just go there. <laughs> so That's amazing, because that automatically makes me question. And I'm wondering if our audience is as well. What else is already in my world that I've been looking for or asking for? And I'm not seeing it right now, but it's already there. It's already there. And I just need to reach out and connect with it if I could only see it. Right. And so that's, that's, I think the harder part is actually seeing it, but it's, it's like you said, it's so much of the growth is not even about the business. It's about, you know, it's about what's going on with us and uh, what we believe and what we think and what we say. And it's something I teach my kids all the time, you know, what you say will determine your day. So, you know, don't talk about all the bad things that can happen to you. Talk yeah. about the good things that you want to have happen to you. Right. And so. Yeah, there's another one that's the opposite that I've always admired, which is um, 
did you have a bad day or did you have a bad five minutes, which you milked all day long? Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Well, and I've had some of those days. <laughs> it happens. It happens. So um, this is this has been an amazing journey. And, you know, so much about and I really love the the more the personal growth conversations, because it's something that's near and dear to my heart. And, you know, a big part of that journey, not only the the courses and the retreats and the coaches and all, and I've, I've been blessed with some great mentors, but books also. And I always like to ask my guests, like, what is their must read book now, but special case in this case, because you actually have a book. And a book. so, so, so let's talk about your book. And then if you have any other must read books you want to recommend to our entrepreneurial audience, um, I'd love to hear those recommendations. Okay. So Mine is How to Rewrite Reality by Shrouds. It's available on Amazon, and it is basically how to rewrite your reality. I did the whole thing in metaphors. So it talks about your backstory, your genre, your archetype, your purpose, your supporting characters, driving the narratives. That's the chapter titles. So it's very, very easy to relate in terms of if you've watched movies or read books, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and people have read. I actually had one client said he gave it to his son who had been depressed for a couple of years, and he came out of depression after reading the book. So, wow! Like, wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, when you sit down to write a book, I'm sure you think, "Yeah, this is going to help people. I want, I want to help people." But then to hear the story come back to you of how it helped somebody and transformed someone's life—that must be a really amazing feeling. Oh, it's so rewarding. And yeah, I did not expect that kind of um, results. I expected everyone to go, oh, these are some cool new concepts. I'm glad I read this book. Not Jesus, this changed my world. (laughs) Well, exactly. So um, so are you writing another one? Is that prompting you to think about maybe the next one? Is there a I've I've got another one in the hopper. um, uh, So that's where you are. And that's all about realizing where other people are in their lives and interacting with them from that space rather than where you want them to be. So most of the times it's like, why don't you get what I'm saying? Or why can't you change that behavior? And when you can really get, oh, that's where you are. Now I see why you're doing what you're doing. All your relationships can improve. Yeah, and even having unrealistic expectations of them and, and how we expect them to be versus how they are. And, yeah. and so that makes a lot of sense. So on the subject of books, um, we've talked about yours. We're going to link to that in the show notes, and we highly recommend people uh, get it. It's going to go on my next read list because I have not read it yet. And so um, what has been a, a book that you have read that has been impactful for you that you would put on your must-read list? It's, it's, that's a tough one because I I literally have over 200 books on my books, my red book list. Right? So, uh, yeah, and I think I read a book uh, on average, a book every month because I just, I just love to absorb uh, knowledge. It's not always self-help. I love uh, fantasy and sci-fi, so I, I mix it up. Mm-hmm. But uh, The Untethered Soul was a really good book mm-hmm. um, that that was very impactful for me and um the the 13 week year 
Oh yeah, I have that on my my list. I haven't read that one yet. It's a really simple thing about that is it's pretend your your year is 13 weeks long. Set your goals, see if you achieve them, and then the next 13 weeks is another year. And so it really gets you focused and concise in hitting goals. Because sometimes when you're setting a year-long goal, you can be way off at the beginning and you say, I'll just make up for it later on. But when it's only 13 weeks, oh no, you got to get on the ball now. Now I yeah. think about it. I'll get to it. No, that reminds me of an early mentor that I had, and he would sit us down and he would say, okay, we're going we're gonna to write your one-year goals. And we would write our one-year goals, and we'd spend all this time making the plan. And he's like, great, you've just made yourself a one-year goal. Now, how can you achieve that one-year goal in the next quarter, right? In the next three months, how yeah. can you achieve that goal? And, you, and you're like, what? But it causes you, but it's like, at first you say, well, I can't, but then you shift to, or can I? And then that shifts to, how can I? And as soon as you ask, how can I? Uh, a very interesting answer starts to uh, to come in into play here. And yeah. so many times it is possible. We, we set a goal for a year that we think is possible because we're, and I think you've mentioned it before, like holding back a little bit, right? Or like, yeah. what do we think is realistic? What do we think is going to not be too painful, <laughs> right? Uh, but so much more is possible. And if we just look at it in a new way, maybe that one-year goal is possible in mm -hmm. 12, 13 weeks. I love that. So, yeah. And you have, you have to think a different way when you do that. Mm -hmm. And and that's, that's the real challenge is, is getting yourself to think in different ways. And when you practice it, it starts to become more and more natural. Well, what if we do this instead? Because um, I remember one of my coaches saying the strategies to make a hundred thousand dollars a year are vastly different from the strategies to make a million dollars a year. And if you're still thinking of how do I make a hundred thousand dollars a year, you're in that limitation of that's all I need to make. So where are you thinking? Some people are just thinking, how do I make an extra ten thousand dollars this year? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a far Some different people way. are thinking, how do I pay rent at the end of the month? <laughs> yes. right? and, and but that's that's an, a, an amazing point. If your if your goal is to pay rent at the end of the month, your solutions are only going to be within the the boundaries of the amount of money for rent. But if your goal, even if you, you're not paying rent by uh, right now and you're like, well, how can I make a hundred thousand dollars this year? You know, you know, it would be nice to pay the rent, but how do I just make a hundred thousand dollars? You're going to think completely different. It's not going to be from lack. It's not going to be from just getting by. It's like, how do I take this to the next level? Yeah. And I think that that highlights something too. It's like asking really great questions. I, how can I versus I can't, right? And so, um, and because as soon as you put how can I in front of anything, the answer uh, starts to come to us immediately. There, I've learned to to recognize that there's a voice in my head that you know, as soon as I ask that question, there's something that answers back almost right yes. away. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I go, no, no, not that. But that's but that's kind of like what you're saying. Like that's the 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 scary the scary answer, right? And so yes. it's like, no, not that one. Give me a different one. <laughs> so um, Shiraz, I love this conversation and I could do this all day because it's just something that I'm so passionate about. And, you know, like I said, I've been wanting to have you on the show for a while and now you finally are. This has been Thank amazing. You. And I really hope that our audience has learned something today and 
and you know you know take a look at your business and your results and and start to ask different questions and i think shraz what's cool is that you are talking about asking better questions and then thinking about it differently and when you do that your reality shifts and and as an interventionist that is what you do and so if anybody here wants to reach out to you and get more information or i i think you mentioned a free resource as well um you know where where should they go to do that oh you can go to energeticmagic.com and if you would like the um Oh, you, you'll put the. Oh, the I'm going to put the link down in the show notes. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Because again, I, the, the link for the show for the resources is not easily remember, memorable. Yeah. So you can just throw that in there. Yeah, it'll but either then, be beneath this video or in the show notes for the for the episode. So you'll be able to get it. But energeticmagic.com is my main website. So that's the easiest way to go. Awesome. And uh, and what is that free? What is that free resource that they're going to be able to access to? Let them let them know a little bit about that, and we'll make sure that the link is there. So that's the uh, the focusing and brain training ex exercises I was talking about for two minutes, five minutes, and twelve minutes. You get a bunch of those. Excellent. So mm -hmm. and you know two minutes. I mean, I'm sure you can find two minutes in your day to to do one of these exercises. Download those. Try them out. Highly recommend that you do. So Shiraz, thank you so much for, um, you know, giving us the links to that gift and sharing that with our audience. That's fantastic. I look forward to using those as well. Um, and just with your generosity, with your information and your time today. And, uh, and so I highly recommend that people do reach out to you and connect with you. And just as we bring this episode into a close, if you had one final piece of, uh, advice or words of wisdom that you wanted to share with our audience, what would you say? So actually one little clarification, just so that people don't get misled. When we talked about the retreats, not being able to solve everything, keep in mind the Jenga tower. Sometimes on a retreat, you pull just the right block and everything changes. And so the retreat does work, but that is not the norm. And that's mm -hmm. why people have these retreats and get all these great testimonials because they've managed to pull that block out. So don't be disappointed if the retreat doesn't work for you. But the thing I always advise for people is be happy, have fun, laugh more. Because what people don't realize is that that energy of happiness attracts success. And if you're in a space of, I'll be happy when, then you're missing the ingredient that causes the when to happen. <laughs> you got to be happy now. That's amazing. Well, I, more fun. And uh, who doesn't like fun, right? And so this is this is amazing. So Shiraz, thank you so much for being here. And to my audience, thank you for listening in all the way to this uh, amazing episode. Uh, check out the links beneath this video or in the show notes and connect with Shiraz after this, uh, you've listened to this episode. And make sure that you tune in for the next one. And in the meantime... You know, never, ever give up on your dreams. And even if things seem impossible or if you feel like you're on that never-ending hamster wheel, there is a way to get off and change your reality. And we've talked about that today. So keep moving forward. Reach out to help when you need it. And, uh, and tune in for more advice uh, on our next episode. And in the meantime, connect with Shiraz, and we will see you back here for the next one. Thank you. Thank you, Chuck. This episode is brought to you by the Collaborators Toolkit. If you're looking for better ways to grow and scale your business through collaborations and strategic partnerships, 
Our free Collaborators Toolkit contains the best resources from our workshops as well as contributions from our guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday business challenges and to access highly effective ideas that can grow your business exponentially. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and our gift to you for being a valued member of our community and a subscriber to our show. You can get free instant access to the Collaborators Toolkit today by visiting our website at www.collaboratorsunite.com forward slash toolkit. That address again is www.collaboratorsunite.com slash toolkit. Register today and I'll see you on the inside.